Well, as a lot of y'all know, the greatest influence on me in my life was my mama. We lost her a little over a year ago. And my entire life, she, uh, she had three different terminal diseases, and for 40 years she fought that. <clears throat> but I never heard her say a word about it, not until the very end. And there was never a time that mother, if my mama wasn't awake, she wasn't humming, whistling, or singing. And, she, and, that, and that's, that's what formed me musically. You know, she'd stand over the kitchen sink, and she'd sing those old gospel songs. And I asked her one time, I said, Mama, why do you always sing or whistle or hum? And she said, well, with the stuff I'm going through, if I let my mind focus on that, I won't make it through today, much less this week. She said, but if I s start singing a good gospel song, the message of the song will change me from the inside out. And uh, this is one of the songs she loved. It's been around a long time, and it's very applicable to our lives, and it was to her. His grace is sufficient. Many times I'm tried and tested And I don't know what to do Oft I meet with pain and sorrow And there's trouble in the way But I have a sweet assurance That my soul the Lord and in Him there is strength for every need. Oh, His grace is sufficient for me. And His love is abundant and Just to know, just to know that His grace is sufficient for me. When the tempter brings confusion and I don't know what to do, on my knees I turn. For I know he'll bring me through Then despair is changed to victory Every doubt just melts away And in him there is hope for every day Oh, his grace Just to know, just to know that His grace is sufficient for 
guys. It is a full house. You know what, preacher? I think we need to have dinner on the grounds every Sunday because we got a full house this morning. Amen. We're glad you're here. So get up right now. It's meet and greet and uh, make our visitors feel welcome. Guys, turn my mic up a little bit. Get up in Jesus' name. The Lord is calling daily to those who would be saved. called beautiful the laid out in the street a poor and lowly beggar who was crippled in his feet John and Peter passed him they saw his need was bad sure they had no gold or silver but yeah. they gave him what, what they he had get up get up get up in Jesus name the Lord is calling daily to those gentlemen that are singing for us this morning a big round of applause if you'll make your way back to your seats i'm gonna make a couple of announcements real quick cooper turn me up just a little bit brother man it's good to be in the house of the lord this morning i like that that sounds good right there amen let's go lord in prayer let's go lord in prayer 
plenty of seats up here in the front. We need more seating. There's plenty of seats up in the front. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Grab your seats. Grab your seats. I'm going to lose this flat brim hat in a minute. <laughs> my son woke up this morning. Where's my hat, Daddy? Oh, I got it. What? Don't you crease that brim. <laughs> Father God, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you that our children, our teenagers are in the house of God today. Amen. That they can hear this message. And, and Father, it would just enlighten them to go this year and... Make disciples of their friends. Baptizing them in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that this year the kids in our church make the biggest difference in this community. And don't tell me that they can't because I baptized 33 of them one time in a swimming pool in Spindor, Texas. And I took a youth program from 30 kids to 100 kids in just a few weeks. Man, I'm praying that you parents pray over your kids every single day. I'm talking to you, Mom and Dad, and if that steps on your toes, I don't care. You need to get up in the morning. You need to pray over your kid every day before he gets out or she gets out and goes out there to school because the devil's there and he's trying to stop them from being good Christian kids. But if you and me, moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and church family whose kids have already grown up, if we'll begin to pray for these kids right here this morning, we can have revival in that school. Father, sometimes I feel like we don't get nowhere. We don't make one headway. But then I see these kids come with joy in their heart, ready to sing and dance and have a good time and sets the whole place on fire. So I know as we're reaching out and we're grabbing 10 teenagers or we're grabbing 10 parents or we're grabbing 10, we might only get one or two, but those one or two don't get to go to hell. And I'm proud of that. Praise God. Amen. Lord, I ask you to speak in this house today. Lord, I ask that you be here, your presence be felt, Lord. Lord, this is a great lesson, not only for kids, but also for adults. Father, I pray that the, 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 the backbone of this church is Jesus. And everything about it is Jesus. And people that don't want it to be about Jesus, Lord, remove them. Get them out of the way, they're just stumbling blocks. Father, I pray that you just wake us up in our spirit this morning. And rejuvenate Caney Creek Cowboy Church because we'll be on fire. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise, amen. We're still looking for the owner. Uh, hey, Coop, I don't want to scream, so just a little bit louder, just a little bit louder. We're still looking for the owner of that Bible, Anthony Duron. Write his name down. Miss Ona Lindley, where are you at, Miss Ona? Are you in here this morning? Uh, Miss Ona, I think you've come the closest, girl. So you need to keep on searching. I think that is the kid. She found a kid, but they hadn't posted since January. I've hit up two churches and looked for a third in Splendor trying to find this kid to get his Bible back. That is very important to me to find that guy. So whoever finds that kid, Anthony Duron, write his name down. How do you spell it, Mary? I didn't finish school. I ain't playing. How do you spell it? D-U-R-O-N. 
Anthony, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y. I know that because that's my middle name. <laughs> Some days I don't know what my first name is, but I got my middle name down. But I, 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 I'm telling you, I, 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 I want this young man to get his Bible back. But I also want these young people to start carrying the Bible. And I want them to get the Bible down, the Word of God down in their lives. Can I say this to you without hurting your feelings? If you don't get the Bible on the table in your house, break it out, open it, and read it to your kids, they're never going to break it out, open it up, and read it to their kids one day. So it needs to start right now. Get it off the shelf, wipe the dust off of it, and put it in their hearts. Because I'm going to tell you, God has really laid it on my heart. Miss Vicki, I hadn't even shared this with you. I want to start a nonprofit organization that when these Christian kids get attacked, there are boots on the ground picking in those schools and telling them, hey, we ain't going to tolerate you stepping on our kids' toes. <laughs> Who'll be a part of that organization and won't be scared to go over there and say, you know what, I'm standing up for this Christian kid. How many heard last week that a, a, a student got expelled from school for saying bless you when one of their classmates sneezed? Somebody needs to kick that teacher in the behind. That's, I said it, that's retarded. We need to bring Jesus back to school. Amen. And we're doing it, Candy Creek Cowboy Church today. Right after church, please stay with us. Man, I, I call Luby's. It's closed. You don't have to go nowhere. I couldn't get a hold of all the Mexican restaurants that spoke English, but I sh shut a lot of them down. So please stay. Fellowship. Please do me one favor. Do me one favor. Do me one favor. Sit with someone you don't know and get to know them. Maybe somebody you've seen in and out of church but they're just not really committed. Would some of my committed members get really around those people today? Please, because we want this church to bust these walls out. I, I, I want to share with you something. We got a new basketball court coming in next week. We also have a new volleyball court coming in this next week. We're excited. Starting as soon as those are done, our Sunday night services are going to be about 30, 35 minutes long. They're going to be short sermons that are really going to be impactful. And then we're going to have family nights around here where we play basketball, volleyball, ride your horses, just fellowship. It's going to be a good time. So we're going to make plans to blow this thing up on Sunday night too. Praise God. Amen. I talked to a young man last night, Kaylee, and, and he's a police officer in this area. And uh, he said, Pastor, I can't come on Sunday mornings. And the reason that we come to your church is because it's open on Sunday night. So praise God that we're here on Sunday nights. And some of the best messages that are preached in this, in this church are on Wednesday night also. So make sure you make plans to come every time the doors are open. Amen. I, I, I'm excited about all you that's doing the ALS challenge. It's been beautiful to watch you get, get poured down. and We'll talk more about that later. But I, I just want you to stand with me today as we raise money to, to uh, keep our doors open. We tithe today to the Lord. Everybody stand with me. As we give what we owe God today, the Bible says, Will the man rob God? Not this man. I have a friend, I'm done, I have a friend, he was out of church for 10 years, but he tithed. His mom and dad taught him to tithe.
It's a good lesson to teach your kids because you can't outgive God. Amen. For 10 years, I run with this guy. He led me to the Lord. We partied. We, we did a lot of crazy things together. We never went to church, none of that stuff. But after I got saved and after I began to believe in the power of tithing and that God's word is true, that he will open the floodgates of heaven and pour it down upon his children. He said, try. when it comes to tithing, David Perry, he says, try me in this. Amen. Dennis told me after we got sold out to the Lord, he said, Brother Mark, he said, I, I didn't go to church for 10 years, but I always gave. I looked into that man's window. He always had a brand new car. He always had a nice home. His children were healthy. His wife was healthy. Anything that he wanted seemed like God just continued to just bless him even though he wasn't in church. And I believe that's because he gave his first fruits to God. Cowboy Church, starting today, if you're asking God where you at in your finances, where you at in, in, in building what you have a vision for, start tithing today. You can clap. It's okay to clap because I believe in the power of tithing. And God is so amazing. If, we make, if he lets us make 500 bucks a week, he only asks for 50 bucks of it. If we make 100, we have to give him 10. When my sons and them work, I make them tithe. I beg them to tithe. I want them to put their offering in. When these boys win rodeos, their first fruit goes to God. Let's do that, Cowboy Church, this year. We'll not only grow basketball courts and volleyball courts, but we'll start mission fields all around the world that'll make a difference. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I just ask that you would bless our tithes today, Father, that I'm not standing here preaching that we need the money. I'm standing here preaching that the people need to be obedient to you. We don't need the money. God supplies our needs. What I'm asking is for you to trust him this morning. If you have a job, if you and your wife both work, if you're, if you're on Social Security or a fixed income, or maybe you're just without right now and you're hustling and, and you're picking up scrap and you're making a little bit here and you're making a little bit there, give God your first fruit. He will bust open a financial blessing for you that I can't begin to famine in my own mind. I got a 10th grade education. I wish I'd have stayed in school. I wish I'd have graduated. I, I may not have, but through your tithes and your effort we can stand behind our students in this church and tell them don't quit don't quit don't quit stay the course hey I got one I graduated and I'm proud of that I got another one I'm gonna try hard Lord help me I got a lot of kids too I want to see them grow up in church and be blessed I want to see their moms and dads get on fire for God I, I know right now there's a family that uh, uh, of six and, man, it takes everything they have just to get by. But you know what? I'm telling that family of six, God will supply your need if you trust him. Lord, bless our offering today in Jesus' mighty, powerful name. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. Lord, prepare me 
God is good. Amen. I, I, how many remember when they went to school? How many told that story I walked six miles through the snow? A lot has changed since my time in school. How many can testify to that today? When I went to school, you couldn't wear no hats in school. They just weren't allowed. And when I went to school, when I went to school, you had to be clean shaven. If they didn't shave, if, if you weren't clean shaven when you went to school, they had razors there for you. You would go to the coach's office and they would sit there and watch you shave. When I was in school, there was no cussing allowed. If you cussed or you cussed, you got your butt busted. And I'm going to tell you something. I didn't get this nice looking behind <laughs> that I have from not getting it tore up in school. I think the swelling came from all the licks that I got. If you got, <laughs> if you got tore up at school, you got tore up at home. Because moms and dads cannot watch this, watch this. Because moms and dads, they didn't go up against the teachers either. They backed the teachers. They listened to the teachers. They believed the teachers. And if the teachers got out of line, and I'm talking about not the teachers that we have, I'm talking about the teachers that we used to have, who was one nation under God, and they did the Pledge of Allegiance, and they prayed over their class. They had integrity and they had, they had character. And I'm not saying all teachers don't because we got a great one in our church, Tammy Blatty, and we need to be praying over Miss Tammy. Amen. She's fighting the school right now. She's got degrees to be a principal, superintendent. She can teach anywhere in the world. She's smart, but she works with the special needs kids. And they've taken away all of her freedom to teach and love and teach them life skills. The teachers that we have today, they only teach the test. They don't teach how to live, how to grow up, how to take your shoes off and count to ten. When I was in school, my teachers taught us, taught us a lot of stuff. But there was a lot of stuff we couldn't do. You couldn't sass your teacher. You know what? If I'd have sassed my teacher, my daddy would have knocked my teeth out of my throat. And my mama would have whooped me till I couldn't see straight. I mean, I wasn't the best student, I promise you, because I didn't have the best home life. But I can tell you this, it wasn't tolerated, the things that are tolerated today. Last year, one of our students wrote a paper, and she wrote it on the thesis of, of what's tolerated at school. And, and in that letter that she had wrote they said you can write about anything and then hers got a, a d or a c because she wrote the truth that when you come to school you should come to school to learn you should come to school to apply yourself not to hook up with a boy or hook up with a girl or boy on boy or girl on girl that wouldn't be tolerated back in the day i'm telling you brothers and sisters a lot has changed did you know right now that that Kids get away with almost murder, and in a lot of schools, murder. It's the world we live in today, and we need to bring Jesus back into our school. 
And I think it starts with churches like this one that believe that we can do and have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things I think are different today than they were back then. It wasn't tolerated to disrespect your bus drivers. It wasn't tolerated to disrespect your cafeteria workers. And can I say this too? Bullying wasn't tolerated back then either. You didn't have these bully organizations and things like we have today. If, if somebody was bullied and a teacher saw it, they turned it in or they whooped that kid right then and there. They called their parents. Their parents came down there and took care of it. The world we live in today is a bad world. And these kids got it worse than we did back in 1989. And if you was in the 70s, they got it way worse. If you were in the 60s, they got it three times worse today. Half these kids over here are doing drugs and the other half's addicted to pornography and the other ones, don't. their parents could care less about them. So they run up and raise themselves and they don't know right from wrong, so they do whatever the heck they want to. It's up to this church right here to take a stand and make a difference. I think the greatest teacher that lives, that lives, is Jesus. And I think that we need to bring Him back in our everyday life. It's funny, Miss Vicky. we were already linked up. You didn't even know what my message was about, but she said in her prayer, that we're preaching the second coming, but a lot of them haven't even heard about the first coming. It's up to us students. Pay attention today. Don't pick your nose. Don't talk to your friend. Don't look at that little boy with the eyes. You know, I, I, I want to say this today. It, it's, it's up to us. It's up to us to make a difference, to take a stand for Jesus in this world we live in, a lot of things are bad. And it's going to take you and I to make the change. Who believes that we can? I'm not selling you what old Barack Obama sold you. I'm talking about real change. Real change. Putting God first. Change. Making Him the center of it all type of change. This is a message that not only applies to students, but it applies to parents and grandparents. Open your Bible if you brought one to Matthew 16. Everybody say, got my Bible? I went over to school one day to pick up Dalton last year. There was a kid walking around there. That guy had hair down to his legs, a full beard. I said, why are we worried about uh, guns and knives? Because there's no discipline in the school. Matthew 16. Verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Philippi, He asked His disciples. Now Jesus is teaching here. Hey, you got to pay attention to your own kids. you got to make them listen today. When Jesus came to the region of Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, the disciples replied, Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. 
Then he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter asked, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Somebody give God a praise. We need to build up a relationship in our teenagers that the power of hell will not conquer them. Who believes me today? Are y'all still here? Are y'all still here? Whose kids go to private school? Praise God that you get to do that. Whose goes to public school? Even in private school and even in public school, we need to train our kids up that hell will not conquer them today. That's the world we live in. Some of us are fortunate to get to send our kids to Christian schools. I went to a church that had that has a Christian school. It's called Parkview Christian Academy. I, I, I got saved at Parkview Baptist Church. They had a school there from kindergarten to 12th grade. I preached there last year. I preached a revival, and I preached to those kids, and I asked them to write their sins down. And this was a private school, mind you. I asked them to write their sins down that they were dealing with, and there was kids in there from 17 to 12 in the group that I had preached to that morning and, and most of them had wrote pornography, lying, sex, partying, drugs. That's, mind you, is a private Christian school. Now imagine what's taking place in our school today. And it's back to school time. Some of you are probably feeling excited like Kaylee. Some of you may be a little sad that summer is over. You may feel a little nervous or scared if it's your first time going to school. How many got first-timers this year? Amen. I remember those times. Justin, he didn't turn 6'4 overnight, but he's always been a big boy. I remember taking him into kindergarten for the first time, and he latched onto my leg. He said, oh, And then his mama latched on to the other, don't let it go. I said, they got to go. Some of you may be feeling a little nervous, a little scared about going back to school because of all the new things you have to face. Some of you will face new teachers. Some of you will face new policies, Tammy. Some of you will face new friends. Some of you are going to new schools that you've never been to before. Your parents have moved you. On the first day of school, the teachers will probably ask you some questions to see how much you know. When your teacher asks you a question to which you might know the answer, you get excited. And you may have that Arnold Horshack moment. Oh, 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 oh. How many have never heard of Arnold Horshack? Raise your hand. How many have heard of Arnold Horshack? I think he was one of the greatest students that ever lived. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. When you go back to school this year, when you go back to school, your teachers are going to find out how much you know. And they're going to ask questions. What's four plus four? And you're going to go, oh, 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 I know the answer. You get excited. Oh, oh, it's eight. You go back to school. 
you get extremely excited. Teachers are going to question you. What's, what's 2 plus 2? What's 10 plus 10? It's a great feeling to know the answers, ain't it, brothers and sisters? Don't ask me to spell anything. It's a great feeling to know the answers. It sure helps when you got the back-to-school jitters kids to listen and pay attention and to have the answers. It'll help you, teenagers, to have the answers when you go back to school because it'll take away the fear of not knowing. Jesus often took his disciples aside to teach them the important lessons about the kingdom of God because Jesus is a teacher. In the Bible lesson that we're in today, the disciples are going back to school. And Jesus is the teacher. And Jesus often took them aside and said, I want to teach you something today. And this was one of those days. Jesus began his lesson that day by asking his disciples the question, Who do you say that I am? Jesus asked. I wonder how that would fly, you adults, if your neighbor came over and knocked on your door. And they say, Who is this Jesus? Parents, would you have the answers? Teenagers, would you have the answer? Little ones, would you have the answer? Here Jesus is the teacher. and Jesus takes His disciples aside to teach them the importance of the kingdom of God. And this is one of those days Jesus begins His lesson and He says, Who do men say that I am? Jesus asked. I imagine one of the disciples raised his hand and had an Arnold Horshack moment. Oh, 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 I know Jesus. They say you're Elijah. They say you're the prophet. You're the prophet Elijah. Another one probably raised his hand. Oh! Some say you're John the Baptist. I know, I know. Then another might raise his hand and say, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Some of them say you're Jeremiah. Very good, Jesus, the teacher says. But then he asked the personal question, Leroy, who do you say that I am? And there was one disciple, I don't think he raised his hand. I think he was just excited to say it. You're Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. You know, I think Peter was so excited that he forgot to raise his hand. I think he just called out, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you know what? Jesus said, I'm going to give you a star because you're right. You're right. You said the right answer. I'm going to give you a star. And then he says something that is just profound today. He says, you didn't learn that from anybody else. You learned that from God. Boy, that is a beautiful verse. It's a beautiful passage. You didn't learn that from listening to others, Peter. It was taught to you by my Father in heaven. The lesson that the disciples learned that day is just as important a lesson today. Many people in our world today still don't know who Jesus is. Moms and dads, this ought to be a wake-up call down to your soul to get your life right, to get your heart right, to teach your kids about Jesus when I got saved on Father's Day 10 years ago I was sitting there and the music was playing the song was singing he's my shadow and it was talking about I could teach my kids to throw a ball I could teach them to shoot a hoop I could teach them to uh, hit a golf ball but could I teach them about Jesus 10 years ago I couldn't teach my kids nothing about Jesus in the last 10 years 
Every week I teach them something about Jesus. I try my hardest to tell them He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only light in this world. And I try to teach my kids and I try to teach from this pulpit the children of God that if you'll get the darkness out of your light and let the light into your life, then God will shine bright in your life. Many people in our world today still don't know who Jesus is. You and I need to be ready with the answer. Like Peter, he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. How can we get that out, children? How can we get that message out, Carl Starr? Is it sitting here doing nothing? Is it sitting here just coming and getting fed and going away from here and doing nothing? God is calling us to be foot soldiers in the battlefield of this world. Hey, I'm going to say something to you. I got some youngsters in this church that make some adults look sad. If that hurts your feelings, sorry about you. Because these kids ain't afraid to pray in public. They're not afraid to tell people about Jesus. They're not afraid to go door to door and knock on people's door and invite them to vacation Bible school and invite them to youth program and then ask them for some money to keep it going. These kids ain't afraid. You ought not be afraid either to say, I know who Jesus is. He is the son of the living God. He lives today. He's in the miracle business. He heals the sick, makes the blind see, makes the lame walk. And he, he is real today as he was when he come out of that tomb. Somebody hear me today. You know, what supplies can these kids take? What can you and I take away from this message today? I, I think the number one thing that these kids can learn is to read their Bible. How many know the King James Bible is a hard version to read? I'm not, I'm not disclaiming it because I can read it now. When I got started preaching, I couldn't read it. I'll tell you the truth. It was hard for me to understand. It's hard for me to grasp. Somebody gave me a New Living Translation Bible. I could understand it a little more English, a little more broken down. I got that New Living Translation Bible. I'm going to tell you, I didn't. I wasn't an educated person, but I opened up this New Living Translation Bible, and I said, Lord, make it come to life. And Lord began to reveal things to me. And I'm going to say this to you still today. I can be reading these names and all this stuff. And when I begin to speak it, sometimes it don't come out right. But I know it goes in here right. So if you want to get your kids fired up about going to school and being protected and serving and helping their friends, make them read their Bible. In the world we live in today, take away their phones. Take away their video games if you want to help your kid mama start reading your bible not just daily devotionals but the true word of the living god open it up and read your bible brother mark i don't have a version that i understand let me go with you to Lifeway. I'll meet you there. We'll help you find something. Me, Mary, Vicki, Connie, Vic, all my elders, we'll meet you over there. We'll help you get one. We'll help you find one. And then guess what? If you don't understand after church, you come find me and I'll help you understand what we're talking about. And that's why we say, got my Bible? Because we want to encourage you, Alto, to have your Bible when you get here. One that you understand. We need to get our kids understanding BJ, the Word of God. It's no good to raise up Misty Rain in church if she don't have one of these and knows what it means. And it starts with you, brother. Starts with you, sisters. Started with me. I was ahead of my household, making a stand up against 
my wife and my children. Look, it wasn't normal. All this new stuff, all this Jesus stuff, it wasn't regular. It wasn't normal. But you know what? After a while, it becomes something so great that we wouldn't go back to what was normal. No more drinking, no more lying, no more drugging, no more running around with people I shouldn't be running around with. Somebody ought to testify. That's, this did it for me. You want your teenagers sold out to the Lord, make them read their Bible. You want your teenagers to be able to stand up to the drug man when he calls over to her new car and says, hey, I got something for you, and it's a little pot of grass. You know what? She needs to know, hey, man, I don't need that. I'm high on Jesus. And then she needs to be able to flip it and say, you need Jesus. You need to let that stuff go. It's going to ruin your life. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. I think another supplies that we could bring to school is this, Ty. After we've read our Bible, I think we could pray to God daily. Can I ask you this to do me a favor? Please, look at me. Do me a favor. Start praying with your kids in the morning before they leave. Start praying with me. Before, don't, 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 don't shake your head and not do it tomorrow. Tomorrow's where it really starts. Pray over them tonight when they get up in the morning, have some eggs, some bacon, a cinnamon roll. I'm coming over. <laughs> get it all ready. Call me and tell me what time. No, I can't make it tomorrow because I'm going to be praying over this one. Amen. I'm going to be praying over that one that starts college. You ought to pray over your children. And your children, listen to me. Look at me, teenagers. Pay attention before you go to school tomorrow. All the kids in church stand up. Young and old, I don't care, stand. If you're little, I can't see you stand in a chair. Real quiet. Real quiet. Children, if you know how to pray, show me, bow your heads. Look, adults, we've taught them this much. Children, open your eyes. Children, open your eyes. If nobody's praying for you, you can pray for yourself. Start praying for yourself every day. Mom and dad might let you down, but God will never let you down. Mom and dad may not care about your future, but Jesus Christ cares about your future. You are His. You belong to Him. And if that makes some mom and dad mad, I don't care. Wake up, America. The world that we're living in is we got to change first so that these babies will enter into a personal relationship with the Lord. Y'all be seated. Give them kids a round of applause. Know how to pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. There's a lot of things in my past that I have done that I am not proud of. But ten years ago, I started praying, and I know that he can pray. I know that other one can pray, and I'm proud of that, Jack. I remember sitting down with a man named Dean one time. He had started going to church. I led him to the Lord right out there. He was hooking up the consolidated communications. I never even turned on a computer until I got here, really. Well, I learned a little bit in Waco, but not like I know now. And he come to hook us up some consolidated, and I led him to the Lord. He started coming to church. He had two little babies with him. And, and, and one day, one day, he said, you want to go out to eat with us, preacher? I said, man, I'd love to go out to eat with you. We went out to eat. We went over to the Splendor Mexican restaurant after church and we sat down and we grabbed hands and I was about to pray he said baby pastor Mark he called me baby we had a problem <laughs> he said pastor Mark you mind if my little baby boy prays I said I'd love for your little baby boy to pray man that little boy bowed his head he started praying Lord bless the bathroom 
the macaroni and cheese. I love my mom and my daddy. Bless Pastor Mark, Sister Mary, and their family. Lord, bless the silverware. In Jesus' name. Boy, it woke me up that I was doing something right. I got daddy. Daddy got kids. Daddy got on fire, and daddy's kids got on fire for Jesus. A lot of you are here because of these kids. I think another thing that we can do is have the Holy Spirit with us. The Bible teaches that now that you have chosen to follow Christ, the Holy Spirit actually lives within you. Can I say this to you, teenagers, young adults, moms and dads? You can't hide from the Lord when you accept him because he lives inside of you. So, <laughs> oh, man, this, touch somebody and say, Jesus lives in you. Come on, touch somebody else that you didn't come with. Say, Jesus lives in you. The Bible teaches that now after you've chosen to follow Christ, the Holy Spirit actually lives within you, Romans 5, 5. The Holy Spirit will teach you, guide you, strengthen you in every time you need Him. So you need to teach these kids to follow the Holy Spirit. Hey, if all the other kids are going around back to drink some beer, the Holy Spirit needs to tell them, hey, if they got a personal relationship, they're going to say, hey, you know, that's not what I should be doing. Come on, somebody, testify. Hey, it's not even the beer anymore. It's not even the marijuana anymore. It's that meth that's getting the little kids now. Did you know the other day they had a deal out there on the news that a 12-year-old girl was hooked on meth? A 13-year-old boy was hooked on meth. You know how they found out? They wanted to get in sports, in school. They had to take a physical. They failed the physical found out there was meth there. You know what was really, really sad? They turned it over to the police and the parents were doing the meth too. And that's where the kids were getting it. They were following the example of mom and daddy. Your kids are going to follow you. And if you're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you, then your kids will allow the Holy Spirit to lead them. I got a gut feeling about that. I think it's the Lord telling me to stay away from her. She's a hoochie mama. I know she's fine and all that, but I think she's been around the block. I tell my kids all the time, you don't want one in somebody else's head. You want the one that's saving herself. I did say that in church, didn't I? I'm sorry. I'm going to do one more. I think that they can carry this right now. Service to others. If we can teach our young people to be stewards of God and be a service to other people. Teenagers, listen to me. Jesus tells us repeatedly to give our lives to serve Him and to serve others. Say others. Somebody spell it. Now just the kids, spell it. That one was watching the other one's lips. Oh, hey, hey, don't be ashamed. That's what Pastor Mark has to do too. Jesus tells us repeatedly to give our lives to serve Him and to serve others. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life, Mark 8.35 says. The more you give yourself, can I encourage you kids this year? 
Here's my back to school message. Give yourselves to others. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them his great love for them. Tell them that he died on the cross for them. And he'd do it again for them. And if they turn from their ways and follow him. See, the more you give yourself in service to others, the more you will enjoy the Christian life. At times you may doubt that you really are a Christian. But listen to me, don't listen to that doubt. You are. If you've prayed, if you've ever, look, look, I'm done. If you've ever prayed and you've asked Christ to come into your life and you meant it, then you are a Christian. And maybe some of you have gotten away from Christian living. Come back this morning. Come on, somebody, pray with me. Come back this morning. Maybe you're that mom or dad that needs to be sold out. You believe in Jesus, but sometimes you don't act like it. Kids are watching you. Come back right now. Come back right now. Don't wait. Teenagers, stand with me, teenagers. Just the teenagers. I'm challenging you this year to live for God. I'm not talking about putting some cross on your necklace. I'm talking about let the kids in school know that you're a Christian. And don't you be ashamed of Jesus Christ because He loves you so much. And listen to me. If all hell breaks out and comes against you, I'll stand with you. I've proven that in eight years of ministry that I'll stand with these kids. Be seated. Parents of kids going back to school, stand. If you got a kid going back to school, you need to get up. I'm challenging the same thing to you. To live for God. Please, my God, live for God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Keep standing. Everyone join your moms and dads. Stand with me. Stand with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, when people are searching for the answers to the question, who is Jesus? Let this church body be the one to be ready with the answer. He is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Sharing your faith is a great way to grow your faith. I want to charge up this whole church this morning. From, from the pulpit to the one that's waiting to get out of here. I want you to share your faith to others. I want you to tell other people about Jesus this week. I want you to pray over every student that's going into every school. Don't just pray for your kids. I'm going to tell you, you want God to bless your kids? Pray for other people's kids. And then try to help those other kids. If you're able to help those other kids and you know their home life is terrible or if it sucks, you be the one to, to bring a light into that. And try and try and try as much as you can. And if you're not the one, pray that somebody reaches that teenager or that youngster or their mom and dad. I think this year is the best year we're going to have. Who's going to believe that with me this morning? Raise your hand. I believe this year that revival is going to break out in these schools. I believe, somebody believe with me, amen? I believe that moms and dads are going to be on fire for God. They're going to read their Bible with their children. 
They're going to be a church every time the doors are open. Somebody believe that with me. I believe that they're going to support their kids. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I played a lot of football in school. High school rodeo a little bit. Played baseball. I even played soccer. My mom or my stepdad, not one time, ever come and watched me. But I know my Heavenly Father was watching over me. I want you to support your kids, moms and dads. Be there for everything they can when you can. You can't lose your job, I understand that. But make quality time. Lord, let this be the best year of these folks. If there's anybody here that don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, pray with me right now. Say, Lord, I dedicate my life to you today. I want to be the father. I want to be the mother. I want to be the student. I want to be the, the one that tells others about you, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. If you're here today and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord so that you can, oh, Lord, stop me. Don't stop me, Lord. So that you can be the parent that's free from drugs, free from alcohol, free from popping pills, free from lying, free. If you want to be free, dedicate your life to God today. Break every chain. Break every chain. He will break every chain. Every stronghold that you have, he'll set you free this morning. Just say, Lord, set me free. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Somebody give God a praise, amen. <laughs>